0: Back to the Intercalling podcast. This is your host Amanda Nafash, and today I am joined by tour videographer Ty Barch. Welcome, Ty.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for being here. So, um, on the Intercalling podcast, we talk about people who kind of carve their own path and create a career for themselves, but also people who go against the norm and um, really focus on their passion. So. For people who don't know, what is it that you do?
1: Well, right now I'm touring in the music industry, so I'm hired by musicians. Um, Right now it's electronic acts, and I'm their personal photographer, videographer, so I shoot everything from their live shows to what happens in their day-to-days. Sometimes they have interviews or meet and greets and stuff like that that they want captured, and I kind of just, do it all, like, always working, even when there's no shows. Um, So that's where I'm working at right now, pretty much.
0: So do you work with one specific artist?
1: Yeah, right now I'm working with Keizo. And I've been with him since 2019. And he was really, like, the first artist to take me overseas. Mm -hmm. So that's why I really, like, wanted to stick with him for a little while, because everything I was doing before then was all in the U.S. I thought the overseas stuff was like obviously way cooler yeah um but yeah we just really like got along and our styles meshed. so i've been with i've been with queso since
0: cool so when was it that you started videography
1: oh um i i feel like i was always shooting something like ever since those little flip cameras came out with like the usb that like popped out the side mm-hmm I've always been, like, I remember specifically in fifth grade, coming out of school with my flip camera, and there was kids skateboarding in the parking lot, and Mm -hmm. I would just go film it. Like, I was always filming something. Um, And I never had a real camera until I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. I was always, like, the GoPro dude, like, snowboarding, action sports, type stuff. Um, So I've been, like... I've been filming and capturing things since, like, I can remember.
0: So, when you were little, did you ever see that as a career
1: option? No, never. Just for fun. Yeah, I always thought it was going to be a hobby. And, like, even up until a year after high school, I still didn't see it being a career. I just thought it was going to be, like, a tool to have mm-hmm. for whatever I chose mm-hmm. to do, to be, like, a little, like, advantage like, to market myself or Yeah, something. because
0: I think when we met, um, for those of you listening, Ty and I met working at the same pizzeria, like, right after graduating high school. Um, I think when we met, you were in school to be a personal trainer?
1: Yeah, I was taking the NASM uh, personal training certification, mm-hmm. which was, uh, I guess, kind of like my fallback, but at the time, I, d- I did want to kind of be in the fitness industry, like, like, as a personal trainer, possibly own my own gym one day. Mm-hmm. I always knew I was going to do something on my own, something, like, independent. Yeah. Um, and then just it slowly... I guess I have not kind of quick, actually, like, shifted into being photography mm-hmm. full-time. Um, yeah, that was wild. I forgot I was studying it. Yeah. Pizza. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy hated that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's interesting to hear... You know, that you were, like, you were into videography and photography, but you didn't even, like, think of it as a possibility as a career, and I think we find that a lot with really unique career paths, because they don't really push it for kids and teens to kind of go any, like, route that isn't where they, you know, in a box that they kind of set for us. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, did you find any challenges when you started pursuing videography?
1: Um yeah because i wanted to be in the music industry specifically i didn't want to do all the other things that i could have done with photography which made it a little bit harder Mm -hmm. uh, because i know a lot of kids when they when they want to pursue using a camera full-time they do like the wedding stuff or they'll shoot videos for people's cars yeah all that type of stuff and when i first started i was kind of doing the whole car and corporate stuff and it just wasn't really like satisfying me and I just decided I wasn't gonna do it if it wasn't the music thing Mm -hmm. Um, yeah my mom actually was the one to really push me into making it a full-time thing which was cool because without that I probably would have stayed on the personal training route Mm -hmm. Um, yeah
0: that's awesome so I want to talk about the the traveling aspect of your job, because a lot of times you're not, you're not really in one place for a long time, um, and you're kind of in a very interesting environment, (laughs) I would say, the majority of the time, so what is that, like, work-life balance like for you when you're on tour?
1: It's gotten so crazy that it's become normal, and it's like, and when, now when I come home for a long period of time, I feel weird. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I should be doing something because it's always go 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 yeah um but yeah it's always it's always a hectic environment but in a good way yeah like it's usually we're in a city for less than 24 hours that's so crazy um luckily with keizo like we tour the bigger team he has bigger shows so um sometimes now we'll fly out a day before the show so we have time to kind of, like, relax. Oh, that's before, cool. Um, instead of flying in the day of the show, which isn't very fun. Yeah. Um,
0: Where would you say is the coolest place that you've gotten to to film?
1: Uh, Japan. Yeah? Yeah. Is I love Japan. So beautiful. It's just so unique and so different. I and mean, it's, like, all these places I probably would have never gone mm-hmm. if I wasn't doing this. Yeah. It's just way too expensive. <laughs> and yeah, for like, sure. I just don't, I wouldn't be able to be like, oh, this is where I'm going to go on a vacation. So it's super cool that I got to go to Asia and do all that. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome.
0: So um, before when I asked um, how I should introduce you, you said you'd say it's something different every time. Mm-hmm. So that leads me to believe that you have like a lot of plans to do a lot of different projects. Yeah. Like over the course of your career. So what is like a a big goal of yours?
1: A big goal of mine. Um, I really want to tour with like, like a pop act. Okay. Like someone, um, kind of like A-list, B-list celebrity. Mm -hmm. Um, like I think that's the goal as of right now, but I do know that like over a long period of time like touring isn't very sustainable Mm -hmm. like mentally and emotionally sure like if I if I wanted to ever have a family or settle down like have a serious girlfriend it'd be really hard to be touring in my early 30s yeah just would not happen so I'm planning on moving out to LA actually next year and I want to kind of start getting more cinematography gigs because okay. There's just a lot of work out there for music videos, and they're always shooting something. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I guess to be a cinematographer in the future, basically awesome. people hire me to operate a camera and you know plan out shots. Mm-hmm. That would be my um, my long term cool. long term goal. But short term, definitely touring at someone like Post Malone or yeah, you know like that level. of touring.
0: Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. So. Kind of the opposite question, I guess, would be, what was a moment in your career that's already happened that, like, felt like a mark of success for you?
1: There's been so many little, like, points where I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the first one for me was when I first started, I had my... I was kind of getting into the bass music side of electronic music because mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot more smaller acts, mm-hmm. and I figured that one of them will give me an opportunity to grow my portfolio, even no, though I didn't have one, um, and that's actually what happened. But in my mind, I was like, I want to shoot for Excision, who was like the biggest in the dubstep world, mm-hmm. and it happened like actually very very quickly, and. I remember, like, talking to my parents about it, like, every single day, and I think it was, like, maybe three or four months after, yeah, probably, like, three months after I got my first show, I got to shoot three festivals with excision on the East Coast, so going from, like, people who could barely sell out, um, I don't know, like, less than a thousand cap venue to a dude that's, like, headlining a side stage at a festival, so that was probably, like, my first like we're doing this yeah moment
0: what was that transition like for you mentally
1: oh I was so ready okay that's good (laughs) yeah like I always had the confidence yeah because I've always been shooting and I've always been editing Mm -hmm. so it's like just coming into this even though I was young and I was new to the industry Mm -hmm. I knew that I had the skills to back it so I was just happy I got the opportunity yeah and then I could kind of prove myself from there Mm -hmm. which is really what kicked it all off for me shooting with him because he has his own festival Mm -hmm. and I did three festivals with him and then he wanted me to come out to his festival and be on his media team so like shoot the whole festival for him with with another guy and after that like I met so many artists I met so many people and just being there being excision's guy he owns the festival like people kind of were like oh like he's for real, yeah. I'm sure a lot of them remember me from annoying them in their emails and stuff before <laughs> then. So um, after that, I remember getting like a text message from another artist who I would have loved to tour with because I used to always watch his tour recaps on YouTube. Um, and he texted me and he was like, like directly, and he was like, "Hey, would you want to go on a on a five show run with me? which uh, is like five flyout dates, which would have been my first like tour run, I mm-hmm. guess you can say." And, uh, yeah, that was super cool, too. And then, like, from there, it just kept, like, building up.
0: that's awesome. So, did you have any experiences with people who... Because it sounds like you had a lot of people who were really supportive, which is awesome. But I'm sure there were a lot of people who weren't as supportive, um, in the beginning. Or not, I mean, that would be awesome.
1: (laughs) Supportive, like, like, artist-wise? Just in
0: general, like, I'm, I'm imagining, um, I mean, I really don't know much about that environment I've never really been into like EDM and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but um I'd imagine just like with every other performing arts world is kind of like cutthroat
1: yeah yeah it's definitely um it's weird though because I feel like the people that are that I'm really really close with now Mm -hmm. um that were already established in this like they were never like everyone kind of is like in their own little world I feel like everyone's with their artists or they have two or three artists that they like to bounce between and then it's just like as long as you don't directly go and step on their toes Mm -hmm. no one really is like mad at you coming in to their to that field because it's like there's so many artists and there's so many artists that don't have full-time videographers and Mm -hmm. stuff so it's really like a family of photographers and videographers that like when I go to a festival and see all all the other photographers, like we're all really close. That's really awesome. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say it was like cutthroat at all um, on the photography side. Mm-hmm. To get into electronic music LBDs, I think to take it a step higher would be would start to get more. Yeah. That way, because you're going to start to find one photographer who shoots like seven or eight different, like very very big artists. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and like, my whole family was very supportive of me Mm -hmm. going for it. That's awesome. Um, Yeah.
0: Cool. So, I guess my, like, my big question that I like to ask people is, for someone pursuing what you do, like, what's your one word of advice to them?
1: Um, just don't take no for an answer Mm -hmm. when you're trying to get work. Like, when I first started, it was a million no's. You know, I would email everybody. I would look at all the lineups on the East Coast and go through every artist, email their management, take hours and hours and hours, and everybody would say no. Mm-hmm. Um, and not everybody, it would be a lot of no answers, too. Yeah. But um, every once in a while, I'd have a conversation like, oh, do you have a portfolio? And I'd be like, no. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right, sorry, we're going to go with somebody else. Um, and then I'd see that same artist on another lineup for another... That's what, and i still emailed the same guy mm-hmm. and they're like all right Ty like you know it's gonna be a no for this one too but at least I was like relevant in their minds yeah they remembered you um so then when I finally did get a yes which is going to happen mm-hmm. eventually um and I started shooting and I started building portfolio those managers kind of remembered me I guess mm-hmm. and I was able to get in with them a lot easier so just don't give up on it really just keep pushing
0: awesome so um before we before we stop talking do you have any crazy slash fun stories that you want to share with the audience
1: (laughs) oh man I always go blank on these questions (laughs) because it's like there's too many there's just so many chaotic moments um
0: uh, (laughs) can you talk about one of the most—I don't know—are we allowed to talk about the most recent music festival that you worked?
1: What was the most recent music festival?
0: Firefly. Uh,
1: right? Was that not the most recent? No, it wasn't. Oh jeez, um, I can't but even yeah, jump up. But yeah, I was—I was at <laughs> yeah, I was at Firefly. Um, I this is me trying to push to that next level. I wasn't there shooting Billie Eilish, but I—you um, saw the photos. Yeah, right? you did yeah. anyway. <laughs> Yeah, and um, they're usually like super strict about that, so I like put on like the longest lens that I could, that I have,
0: uh-huh. and
1: I kind of just sat back in like the little VIP section, mm-hmm. and I just fired away. I was there with Cray and her set got canceled because of the rain. Oh, wow. So I was like, might as well shoot something, mm-hmm. and yeah, I sent it over to her management, but got nothing back, mm-hmm. which is like to be expected, because yeah. I'm sure everybody does. But, yeah, that was super cool. Um, and I'm trying to think of, like, something crazy. Um, probably one of the coolest stories I have is when we were in Ibiza. We had a show in Ibiza. We were direct support for Steve Aoki at a show. Mm-hmm. And we rented a boat, like, a small yacht, very small yacht. Um, <laughs> and we got on it at, like, 8 a.m. and we had it for... I think, like, 11 hours. Wow. And it was just...
0: Just 11 hours of party. Just 11 (laughs) hours
1: of boozing. And, like, we did all these cool things, like the, I almost said pilot, the captain of the boat was, like, um, he was super cool, and he showed us these cool uh, snorkeling spots, Mm -hmm. and it would be just, like, this big, like, cliffside, and then um, you would swim underneath the rock, which was crazy. You had to swim like a school bus length. Hold your breath. Oh my God. And then there's like, you just kind of had to trust this dude. <laughs> That's and then, crazy. And I was just going for it. <laughs> and it's funny because like our visual dude at the, t- at the time was like super out of weight <laughs> or uh, out of shape. Like, oh no. Overweight, super overweight. And he was like, he was like, sw- I could look back at the goggles on and he's like. Oh my God. And uh, you pop up and there's just like cool air pocket. And like a cave? Like a cave. Oh my god, that's and so cool. The the water is like crystal clear blue. And wow. the, the the light was coming up from underneath you from the water. So it was like these cool little like light beams, I guess. Oh like my gosh, crafting that's so off cool. of the water. And then he was like, Yeah, if you actually like come this way you can climb up the rock, like inside the cliff. Mm-hmm. And then there's like about like a, a four foot drop into another little pocket of pretty dangerous actually now that I think about it, it really, like the cliffs were so sharp yeah it sounds I, really like, dangerous my fingers and, and feet were like tore up but then you jumped through that and then swam out the other side and it was just it was just so beautiful then, that's like, awesome one of my, my oh yeah and then I passed out on the boat and Keizo got some like really fire uh, photos <laughs> of me I, I was like it was like the front of the boat where they have that pad yeah and I'm there and I have beer in my hand and I'm just like this is the worst photo ever, but it keeps surfacing. I'll probably never live that down. Is
0: it on Instagram? Um,
1: he put it on Instagram for my birthday, like, like on his story. <laughs> oh, okay. But, yeah, but it's not officially on Instagram. Yeah, I have it somewhere. but. Yeah. Well,
0: for our audience members who want to check out your work, share your um, all your social media and your website, you have a website.
1: Uh, I don't have a website. I have, I guess, like, my Vimeo would be my website where I post all my videos. But if you go to my Instagram, which is at Ty Barge, and click on the link in my bio, that'll bring you to my Vimeo page with all my all my recaps I've ever done, basically. And yeah, those are really the only social medias I use.
0: Okay, awesome. And I'm going to share those in the caption of the episode of this podcast as well. Um, so thanks for being here, Ty. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll see you next month on the Intercalling Podcast.